Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast fans. We have now hit inning three, round three of the Dubuque Area Baseball Party. A lot of great happenings going on in the Dubuque Baseball area. But before we get started, I would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor is Coach Cole Bogey from Appleton, Wisconsin, and his tournament business, Ultimate Sports Weekend. Reach out to Cole on Facebook at Ultimate Sports Weekend or contact him at his website, www.ultimatesportsweekend.com. Ultimate Sports Weekend creates tournaments and events that are parallel to none. Our events always feature something unique that will create a memorable experience for our athletes. We strive to create a positive environment that is built on the respect and competition. Visit our website at ultimatesportsweekend.com, which brings me to my first melancholy point of this podcast. My uh, normal assistant coach, Coach Tyler Sogling, he is not able to join us today. Anybody that has coached baseball in Iowa commonly refers to the month of May as hell month or the month of hell. And the reason why that is, is because many of us are educators and the coaches who are not educators, we work our job from 7 to 2.30 or 8 to 3.30. And as soon as we leave our teaching job, we head right to our two to three hour practice, which leaves very little time for us to be at home and to be with our family. So Coach Soigling right now in Madison, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, is currently playing in a game. And I am joined by the owner of the Ultimate Sports Weekend, former Wallert Catholic High School assistant, varsity baseball coach, and former senior Ram sophomore assistant coach who I took both of my games from him. I swept him in a doubleheader many years ago. But Cole Bogey, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Say hi to the listening community here. Nick, I'm very excited to be here. I, I love the intro. Um, yeah, love the podcast the last two weeks and excited to be here. 
before we uh, get into the uh, ultimate sports weekend ceremonial first pitch, anything you'd like to tell us about yourself, Cole Bogey, Coach Bogey, anything you'd like to tell us about the ultimate sports weekend and what you can do and what you can offer for these travel teams, these academy teams in our area, if they would come and visit you in Appleton, Wisconsin and book a tournament through you. Sure. Uh, first off, it's about three to three and a half hours from Dubuque. Um, I routinely make the drive back and forth and always have. Um, but as far as our tournaments are concerned, we're running youth tournaments right now. We have four tournaments scheduled this summer, starting in early May, finishing in mid-July, uh, nine to 12-year-old teams. We're looking at expanding that to 13, 14, potentially high school next year um, and trying to get some games over at the Timber Rattlers minor league ballpark. So uh, we're trying to do some big things here, but our tournaments are parallel to none, meaning we don't run with anyone else. We do things a little bit different here. It's a unique experience, and that's really what it's built upon. The couple times I've been to Wisconsin, especially uh, the Appleton area, I've had two great experiences, except for the two Packers-Lions games I was at where the referees completely hosed the, the Detroit Lions <laughs> and the officials cost them the game, completely cost us uh, our season last year. But this is not a football podcast. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, and we're here to talk about baseball today. One, one thing I found out that I found uh, interesting, and I want to invite you all to do this, is you can actually participate in our show. I receive upwards of 40 to 85 notifications, whether it would be text messages or emails or phone calls or DMs or PMs, whatever you want to call them, of people wanting to be on the show, people wanting me to name drop. You can actually listen to this on Anchor. And if you listen to it on Anchor, you get the ultimate listening experience. We do mix in some songs. We do mix in some background noise. You do not get those on Spotify. But Spotify is also a great listening platform to listen to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. But we would like you to interact with our show. If you have the Anchor app and you click on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, you can actually leave us a voicemail. You can comment on anything that we talk about. You can disagree on anything we talk about, or you can give us some feedback that you'd like to give, and we can actually insert that into our show. So we're going to be talking here shortly about the all-area decade team for Waller Catholic High School from years 2009 to 2019. But just a reminder, I do, uh, I do want to remind you that we are going to cover all four area high school teams. We're going to do one um, every podcast, and and I do want to throw out this disclaimer before we start breaking down the 2009 and the 2019 all-decade team for Wallert Catholic High School is this decade team did not come from the high school at all. 
It is not sanctioned by them. It is not sponsored by them. And it is not sanctioned or not sponsored by Coach Corey Tisher at all. I did reach out to all five coaches that were coaching in the area to get their feedback. And Coach Tisher respectfully declined to take part in the All-Decade team. So all of the information that you are getting from Wallert's All-Decade team is coming from me and my countless hours of research and studying. I did get a little bit of feedback from Gary Rudin, who's a Hall of Famer of the show. We'll see if his son, Anthony, makes the list. The only help that I got from uh, Coach Tischer is I coached a lot of these guys um, at Mazzucchelli when I coached basketball there. And I did, uh, Cole, you'll come across some of these names as some of these guys we coached as freshmen. But I just wanted to make sure that this list is is as legit as possible. And some of the kids on the list played second base for me, but made their namesake playing uh, third base at the varsity level or were awesome pitchers for me, but never pitched at level. So um, I did uh, talk to Coach Tischer just to make sure that I had positions right. I did not want to have Jack Huffman make the list as a second baseman, which he played for me as an eighth grader when he played third base for uh, his varsity team. But this did not come from Coach Tischer at all, and it did not come from Wallert Catholic High School at all. This is me looking at stats, me looking at awards, and breaking it down position by position. Jack Huffman, you're hoping you made the list. Cole, who do you think made the list? Oh, my gosh. Out of the last 10 years? Last 10 years, 2009 to 2019. Who are some players that during this ultimate sports weekend ceremonial first pitch that you think made the all-decade team for Wallert Catholic High School? I mean, ones that stand out, I would have to say Riley McCarron has to be on the list somewhere. Um, Other than him, I'm thinking of players that maybe I might know. A J.J. Reimer had an excellent high school career. Um, Gosh. I believe uh, J.J. Reimer is actually the program's all-time hit leader. He's like the Pete Rose of Wallard Catholic High School. But we'll have to find out if he made the list. I have it sitting right here in front of me. Any other names that you think made the list? No, I mean, there's just so many that I've known over the years and have seen and read about since I've been up here. I'm honestly, I don't even want to think about it. I just want you to tell me and yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, I I did uh, break it down with one catcher. I wanted it to be like a major league baseball as, as possible. So there is one catcher, one first baseman, one second baseman, one shortstop, one third baseman, three outfielders, a DH and three pitching positions Mm -hmm. no closers because generally in high school you don't see uh, a closer again before we unveil the list this is coming from 100 percent me okay the other programs it won't be that that same story i got i got some feedback but uh coach tisher who is going to be a guest on the show 
um, we are going to interview uh, Coach Tischer. And he actually made an odd request when I talked to him the other night. We can do these interviews and we can do everything over the phone. But he actually wants to do it in person. He actually wants to um, meet at my home and sit down with me in my studio, which is my kitchen uh, bar area. And, and he wants to uh, join me there. And, and, I, and I welcome that. And I, and I respect his decision for uh, not wanting to participate in the Wallert Catholic all high school team. So without further ado, former catcher of mine at the freshman level, number three pitcher at my freshman level, JJ Reimer made the list as their catcher. Like I shared before, he is on uh, Wallert's all decade team for 2009 to 2019 left-handed stick hit to all fields uh, great catcher behind the plate defensively uh, study student of the game I believe he went on to play at the University of Northern Iowa I could be wrong about where he went on to play that's why we're going to have coach Tischer on here sometime but um, I believe he's coaching college baseball uh, right now. So JJ, if you're listening to this, give us a retweet Dubuque area baseball podcast. Um, any idea coach who would be the first baseman? Well, can I backtrack a little bit about, about JJ? You can. So one, that, that doesn't surprise me that he would be, he'd be our catcher on, on that team. I think his sister played at UNI softball. He comes from a great, great uh, baseball softball family there. So um yeah, but first base, I don't – Nolan Timp, maybe? I don't know if he played first base at the varsity level. It is actually not Nolan Timp. Okay. It is Austin Savory, former basketball player of mine. Not only is he a good left-handed stick, good left-handed fielding first base first baseman, he was also an outstanding pitcher for them, mm-hmm. um, but he's making the list as a first baseman, Austin Savory, a former three guard for me, seventh grade basketball <laughs> at Mazzucchelli. But uh, Austin is continuing his career as a pitcher down at Winona State. So Austin, if you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, best of luck this year. Give us a retweet. We love hearing from you. Second base, any guesses on who made the Waller Catholic high school all-decade team well one player that that stands out that i had was actually his brother alex savory he played second base as a freshman as a sophomore on that sophomore team and i believe he might have been moved by the time he was at varsity but that that's my guess alex it was not Alex Savory. It's a player that, when I researched him, just had monstrous stats from the second second base position. A guy by the name of Levi Nauman. Can you tell me anything about Levi Nauman? Yes, yes. So I believe I had him as an eighth grader when he was that first summer. Um, and then when I was the assistant coach with the varsity, he was up there as well. But a very, very hard worker. Very hard worker. That's the one thing that stands out. Um, just a stand-up guy, and I'm sure he's a, a great young man. Uh, I haven't talked to Levi in a long time, but um, absolute great baseball player, great baseball mind, and very, very hard worker. Shortstop, hands down, Riley McCarron. Um, yes. Great athlete, great base runner, hit all, all, uh, all fields, uh, smart base runner. And, you know, Riley would make plays 
at the at the varsity level that I don't think I've seen a lot of people make. Um, I mean, he could go first to third on a ground ball, um, on a ground ball to the third baseman where they didn't double him up on second base. He could make some plays up the middle, make some plays in the hole. If, if he got on, whether it be a walk or a base hit, it was pretty much to Pence penciled in triple um he could steal a bag and um, went on to uh play at the university of iowa i wonder what would have ever happened to him if he would have went on and and given baseball a try but went on to iowa played a couple of years practice practice squad for the patriots does have a super bowl ring that i saw um his sister wearing on facebook holy cow that thing is enormous um but riley mccarran is wallard's um, all decade team. He's their shortstop. Any guesses for third base? I don't think you will know this guy, but any guesses on third base? I, I would say Andy Oberhofer, but he was before my time, so he wouldn't be here. Uh, Nick Hoffman, I remember him. He, he potentially would be our third baseman. In neither one of those guys. It's actually a guy, uh, my first year coaching baseball as a head coach freshman coach at Wallard under Jerry Rowling this guy was not on my team but he was in that class outstanding bowler but a guy by the name of Andy Ehrlich left-handed stick um, slap hitter great defensively and he's just one of those guys who sprays the ball to all fields take what the pitcher gives him but uh, Andy Ehrlich is the third baseman on the Wallert catholic high school team now we're to the outfield three outfielders any outfielders off the top of your head ben oglesby he did not make the list okay uh, maybe nolan temp he might have been in the outfield also i know we haven't said him yet i know i guessed him earlier but nolan he is not on the list. Hmm. I, I I don't know. I'm at a loss. Man, you don't know. You don't know Waller Catholic history at I've, all here. Coach. I've I'm been a little. I'm a little. Dis, I'm a little disappointed here. It's almost like the blind leading the blind. But um, outfielders. Uh, this guy's currently playing at Co College. Uh, great base stealer. He reminds me of the former Major League Baseball player Brett Butler for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Real short, small, left-handed stick. Hit out of the leadoff position. Playing for Co College was my starting quarterback at Mazak Kelly as a seventh grader. Isaac Evans. He used to roll out, throw it to Cordell Pemsel. Uh, in the end zone there. Uh, but uh, Isaac, great baseball player, great baseball mind, currently prepping at Coe College. The other one also is a catcher, but made it as an outfielder, also former quarterback of me at Mazzucchelli, is Jimmy McDermott. He uh, starred at Wallert past couple years, and um, he was one of those guys where you could plug him in anywhere, and he would do a great job defensively seems like every time Wallert was down, he would get the big any time Wallert needed somebody to step up and make a play. He was always that guy that was hitting the gapper to win the game or throwing out um, the guy at home plate to win a game. But Jimmy McDermott made it as an outfielder. And the other outfielder we have, I don't know, did you say this guy, a guy by the name of Judd White? Did you say Judd White? 
I did not. That's a good pick, though. I, I support Judd that. White was your time, right? Yeah, he was younger, and then I had I had moved away. But yes, he was in the program at that time. Yeah, Judd White just had monster stats. I remember uh, trying to get him out when I was as a member of the Hempstead staff, and he was just he was a tough guy to get out. Um, which brings us to our DH. Uh, probably one of my favorite players I coached at Waller. Uh, the DH is Jack Huffman. So I'd like to give a shout out to his sister, Haley. She was at every game, Gina and Paul, his parents, just great people. I still connect with them regularly. Um, I tailgated with them a couple times at Iowa games, good times. Um, and, uh, Jack, very outstanding pitcher too he actually won pitcher of the year award when he played uh for co for his conference but um wow he could hit with a lot of power uh wore his socks high like i did i always liked that about him uh played played a good third base but wow he could he could drive the ball he was one of those guys when he came in into the box i mean he could hit at 400 feet at, at just the drop of a hat if uh you happen to make a mistake there which, all right, now we move on to the pitching staff. So after looking at all of the quick stats from 2009 until 2019, I was able to narrow it down to three pitchers. It was very tough because Waller Catholic High School has had many great pitchers. A lot of them who were mentioned before with Austin Savory and um, Isaac Evans and Jack Huffman. But our three picks came up with are Alex Timp, former point guard for me at the seventh grade level for Maza Kelly. Uh, Coach Bogey, do you remember Alex Timp at all? I do. He was pretty young. I never got to coach him. I coached his brother, Nolan, but um, Alex was one of those up-and-coming players in the, in the program. Now, the next guy, his dad, used to be the uh, former head football coach at the University of Dubuque, Zach Brodigan. And Zach Brodigan, holy cow, did he have an intimidating look on the mound. He was a tall uh, guy, great build to him. I believe he went on to play college baseball, maybe even college football as well. But he threw four pitches, and he threw four pitches well, was always in the zone and always threw very hard. So Zach Brodigan making it on the Wallert Catholic High School, which leaves us to this last guy. Some might say you save the best for last, but when I think of my time coaching varsity baseball in Dubuque, there's two pitchers that stand out in the area that it seemed like we just could never hit at Hempstead. And every time we played them, we just could not get the bat on the ball. And this guy actually, I believe, beat us twice when I coached at Hempstead in one year because the home and home was canceled because uh, of a rain out and rescheduled for a much later date, but it gets us to Anthony Rudin um, who currently is a coach at Waller and at Clark university. Now I know, you know, Anthony Rudin. Well, anything that you'd like to add coach about Anthony Rudin. It doesn't surprise me that he's, that he's on the list for sure. But um, yeah, I, I got to coach him actually as an eighth grader uh, at Wallert on the blue team. It was one of my first years coaching, actually. Um, 
and it uh, just a quick story if I can if I can plug it in there. But Go he actually he actually played little league, and I believe it was for the Angels if I remember right. And he had come to me during the season and said, "Hey, coach, you know I I pitch a little bit." I said, "Okay, you know, but there's rules in the independent league where if you if you pitch high school, you can't pitch." in the little league anymore. And he said, well, that's okay. Um, I, I don't pitch a ton, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to try it for you. Okay. So we threw and he was, he hadn't grown into his body yet. He was, didn't throw very hard. He wasn't very fast, wasn't super accurate, but we worked a little bit that year. And, um, it, it, and it just, it's one of the stories I tell, I tell my players nowadays about because Anthony Rudin was a guy that you looked at eighth grade year. You're like, Nah, he's never going to pitch. You know, he, he's not going to log a lot of innings. But now you look back and you think, man, he, he did that and anyone can do it. You know, don't, don't give up on that. and Don't give up on a kid too soon because, man, they, uh, they can surprise you. Yeah, you think about all the awards and the honors he won. Uh, standout at Clark University, actually pitched in the North Woods League for the Waterloo Bucks. Uh, won some awards there. I was really surprised he uh, did not get drafted. I'm surprised somebody did not take a late round flyer on him with all the success he's had, just for being a gamer. But it's crazy to think that somebody wasn't even pitching for their independent league team goes on to make probably. Anthony Rudin's greatest honor of all being named to the Dubuque area baseball podcast, <laughs> all decade team, Waller Catholic high school edition. I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty good honor. I would say, wouldn't you coach? That's, that's like the cherry on top, I think for him. Yeah. It's great seeing a lot of former players on there. JJ Reimer, Austin Savory, Riley McCarron, Andy Ehrlich, Isaac Evans, Jimmy McDermott, Jack Huffman, Alex Timp. Um, they also um, did. Uh, I also did come up with some honorable mentions again. One last time before we wrap up the ultimate sports weekend ceremonial first pitch is again. This did not come from Wallert Catholic High School. This did not come from uh, Coach Corey Tisher. He actually declined uh, the invite. Um, to provide me with a team and I did all the work on my own, but here were three guys that were honorable mention. I mean, their stats were just huge. Um, you have to give these guys a mention uh, catcher Cody Thielen, uh, former player for me at the freshman level um, division one uh, pitcher. Uh, and he actually was won tons of awards at Waller as well, but Matt Huffman, the catcher as well. And then mm -hmm. you mentioned him prior, Nolan Timp. So honorable mention, Cody Thielen, Matt Huffman, and Nolan Timp. Congratulations on being named to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Honorable mention for the Catholic High School All-Decade Team. Coach, anything to add before we move on to our next segment? A lot of good players on that list, Nick. I'm excited to see all the the other area high school teams as well. A lot of a lot of good players, but but even better kids turned uh, turned great adults, Absolutely. which is which is always good to hear. Which brings us to our next segment, which is the Dubuque and Spotlight. So here are some players who have prepped at the high school level here in Dubuque that have since moved on to college. college that, I that I thought deserved a shout out. So we're going to start with two Western Dubuque guys, Dylan Gatto. West Dubuque product, he opened up his senior for Wartburg and set the school record for most Ks 
during a season opener. He actually fanned 16 hitters and was named to the Division Three team of the week. So Coach Gatto, great left-handed pitcher. Uh, I say Coach Gatto because he does coach at Western Dubuque. I had an opportunity to coach with him last, last summer. Great kid, very knowledgeable guy, great pitcher. Um, and he's one of those left-handers where – if you walk or if you get a base hit, he might just pick you off first base. He had that great of a pickoff move. So congratulations, Dylan Gatto, on that first amazing start for Wartburg. Actually, a Wartburg single-season record. Most Ks, 16 in a season opener. We also have Greg Bennett, former Western Dubuque product. He went to Iowa Western Community College. And when he was at Iowa, Iowa Western, he hit over 350 and had an on-base percentage of 439. When I think of Iowa Western Community College, I think of that football show on Netflix <laughs> that you and I watch, Last Chance You. Yes. And I remember, um, I remember Coach Brown getting his players all hyped up to go play Iowa Western and them just getting hammered. And then in the following season, <laughs> season four, um, him actually – getting ejected from that game if you have not watched you on netflix great show free plug here from the dubuque area baseball podcast netflix i want some kickback on that but to get back to greg greg moved on greg bennett moved on to play baseball at middle tennessee state he's currently their starting left fielder and he is hitting 227 but more importantly is his on base percentage of 346 and i think batting average is the most overrated stat in baseball i don't care what your batting average is i care about how much you get on base and greg bennett is doing a great job at that getting on base at a 346 rate and actually Believe it or not, Greg Bennett was recently trending on my Twitter. He made a catch against Alabama, diving catch in front of the shortstop, laid out full extension grab that, that was trending um, on Twitter. So Greg and Dylan from Western Dubuque, keep up the great work. A quick shout out here to two senior products. Jacob Kerman just recently recorded his 300th strikeout for Clark University he's wrapping up a great great career at Clark just earned his 300 strikeout so congratulations Kerman on your 300 strikeout and then Sam Link I feel like this is this should be renamed the Sam Link podcast because it seems like we talk about Sam Link every week on the Dubuque area baseball podcast but Sam Link just recently had his first hit he recently had his first start at DH, and he drove in two runs uh, during his first start um, for the Hawkeyes, the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. I'll be kind of curious to see how they use Sam Link from Dubuque Sr. He's listed as utility. I think he could play every position on the field. He's that knowledgeable about the game of baseball. It's up for catch. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. Normally, 
we have a sit down with Soigling. But since Coach Tyler Soigling is away at his baseball game, we're actually going to have break it down with Bogey. Cole, what's on your mind? Well, first off, I just want to say thanks, Nick, for having me. Uh, the podcast, I think, is, has been a breath of fresh air, and um, I, I really appreciate you having me on here. It's nice to know kind of what's going on in the area uh, back home here and um, to know all the baseball things that are going on. So thanks for having me. But I want to talk today about our umpires and our umpire situation that we have going on. I'm a tournament director up here. I run tournaments in the Appleton area. And I did a couple back home in Dubuque before I moved up here. Um, I'm also a varsity head coach now and have been for four years. And one thing I've noticed is we have a lack of umpires. And this was very apparent a couple of years ago when um, I was actually coaching at another high school, a pretty big high school in the area as an assistant. And we were having to cancel freshman baseball games because there weren't enough umpires. And I you know, I, I know it's hard to find umpires and this and that, but I didn't realize we had such a shortage. A lot of our older umpires are now retiring, not able to do so, and we don't have enough young umpires getting into the game to replace them. And we're kind of at a bind here, and I'm I'm a little worried in 10 years' time what it's going to look like. I mean, we're already canceling high school games, and high school teams are not scheduling nearly as many games for their kids, which which is scary. You know, I, I want these kids to have every opportunity that I had to play as many games as possible. Um, and I, I think we need to be very conscientious about how we treat our umpires. We have to understand that these are human beings. They're doing the best they can. Part of the game of baseball and sports is human error. That's just part of it. And I, I think we sometimes we feel like we're entitled to get on umpires as coaches, as players, as parents. And that's not the case. That should not be the case. And any good coach will tell you that. Um, but, you know, the thing I was thinking about was as a baseball player, if you have a horrendous game and maybe your team loses and you feel like it is all on your shoulders, um, your teammates are going to be there, pat you on the back. Hey, come back ready to go tomorrow. We'll get them tomorrow. And we move on. We move past that. But with umpires, we hold them to a different standard. They have a bad game or even one bad call. And all of a sudden it's, Man, hope we never have that guy again. He's terrible. He blah blah blah. Whatever it is, and we can't hold them to a different standard. And that's part of the game. They are as much a part of the game as our players. And I just wish people would open their eyes to that and um, understand that talking badly about them to them is hurting our kids. Coach, thanks for uh, taking a minute to break that down for us. And that's also a huge shortage in Iowa as well. But that brings us into our last segment of closing time. Minute with Manaman. Parents, you have one job. Be supportive. Be supportive of your son be supportive of his teammates be supportive of the coach be supportive of the program be supportive of the player playing ahead of your son if you want to coach coach turn in your resume 
high schools are looking for high school coaches. I believe my job is still open out at Western Dubuque. Apply for my old job. If you want to coach, coach. If you want to be a parent, be supportive. You can't do both. You cannot do both. Parents, it is not your job during a game to coach your kid from the stands. There was nothing more frustrating last year watching kids step out of the box and look into the stands instead of looking at me from the third base coach's box. In 18 years of coaching, parents freely will walk to the dugout and start talking to their children during a game. Coach Rapp says this at his parent meeting. The dugout is not a place for parents to hang out. You don't see parents sitting on the bench with Coach Deutsch during a basketball game. You don't see parents sitting by the starting block during a swim meet. You don't see parents standing in goal at a soccer game. Parents, be supportive. Once you talk negatively about a coach, a player, your children's views changes. They lose a little bit of respect for that coach. They start to look down a teammate. Be supportive. Be supportive. You know, as coaches, we don't want your opinion. We know when we make a mistake. We're the hardest on ourselves when we make a mistake. We don't need to hear it from you. If your son's not playing, it's simple. The person playing in front of him is better than him. We don't hold grudges. Be supportive. You don't have an opinion. And Coach Casey Bryant says this at his parent meeting. I don't want to hear your opinion until you come to every single practice. I don't want to hear your opinion until you come to every single scrimmage. I don't want to hear your opinion until you come to every single game because the decisions we make aren't based on what you see. We have loads and loads of data that we make decisions on. We have hours and hours and hours of interactions with them during the off season, during practice, during bus trips, during games. Be supportive. If you want to coach, coach. Coach your son's team at the Independent League. Apply for a high school job, and, and you can have these opinions. But if you're not coaching and you're being a parent, be supportive. Once you leave the baseball field, and it's you two one-on-one, -on -one, you can coach. But your children should be getting their guidance and their instruction during games from their coach. The Dubuque area has outstanding coaches. Let them do their job. And you do your job. Be supportive. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. 
Welcome to a new segment called Extra Innings that I am only adding to the Wallert Catholic High School baseball all-decade team 2010 to 2019. After listening to the playback of all four of them, I realized that I did Wallert Catholic High School a disservice. Uh, it was the only one that I did not list any stats or any awards for, and I am truly sorry about that. So hopefully this extra innings will um, add to that episode. I would like to thank the 474 people in the Dubuque area baseball community that have already listened to it. So here is what I pulled that I'm going to add to this. So the all-decade catcher for Wallert Catholic High School was J.J. Reimer. His senior season, he hit 477 with an on-base percentage of 537. He scored 49 runs, 62 hits, 13 doubles, 2 triples, 13 home runs, 63 RBIs, and stole 9 bases during his senior season. His career stats, 77 runs, 112 hits, 33 doubles, 5 triples, 15 home runs, and 110 RBIs. And he is that program leader in hits. The first baseman, when I did my research, came from uh, Austin Sabry. Also a very well-known pitcher, Austin, his senior year, had an average of 400 on base percentage of 481. He scored 34 runs, 52 hits, 16 of those being doubles, four of those being triples, four home runs, 39 RBIs with four stolen bases. His career at Wallert, he scored 76 runs, had 137 hits, 27 doubles, 94 RBIs, and nine stolen bases. Brings us to our second baseman, that I identified was a ball player by the name of Levi Nauman. Levi Nauman, his senior year, hit 341, had an on base percentage of 458, 31 runs, 43 hits, 72 doubles, 11 RBIs with 13 stolen bases. His career stats at Wallert 66 runs, 87 hits, 15 doubles, one home run, 25 RBIs, and he stole. 22 bases while at Wallert. Our shortstop, and he did not play his senior year, he went off to star at the University of Iowa for football, is Riley McCarron. His junior year stats, he hit 465, had an on-base percentage of 566, 68 runs, 60 hits, 10 doubles, 2 triples, 5 home runs, and he stole 48 bags during that time. I wonder what Riley would have put up for numbers if he had gone out that senior season. His career at Wallert, he scored 116 runs, had 125 hits, 17 doubles, 4 triples, 10 home runs, 64 RBIs, and 65 stolen bases. Which brings us to our third base. And this was the one that a lot of people were blown away that I recognize Andy Ehrlich as the program's all-decade third baseman. But 
when you pull up his senior year stats at third base, they were ridiculous and they're well-deserving. Maybe that was the reason why I got so much hate on this pick or so many people said uh, this that there were snubs at this position because he's back from 2010. Um, unknown player to people that are in the area in the past five or six years. But Andy Ehrlich, his senior year, had an average of 424, had an on-base percentage of 524. He scored 38 runs, 50 hits, nine doubles, three triples, 35 RBIs, and had 10 stolen bases. I did not pull his career stats because those would have been before the 2010 year. And the DH for Waller also played third base, a young man by the name of Jack Huffman. His senior year, he hit 438, had an on-base percentage of 500, scored 34 runs with 56 hits, 10 of those being doubles, three being triples, eight home runs, and he knocked in a remarkable 61 RBIs. Jack's career stats at Waller, he scored 67 runs, had 102 hits, 23 doubles, 6 triples, and which brings us to our outfielders that I identified, and our outfielders for Waller were players by the name of... Let me find my notes here. I know uh, Judd White was on that list. I know Isaac Evan was on the list. And then also a catcher who played quite a bit of outfield was Jimmy McDermott. So Judd White's stats. His senior year, he hit 383 on base percentage of 477. He scored 38 runs, 49 hits, nine of those being doubles, three triples, one home run, 33 RBIs, and seven stolen bases. Judd White's career stats, 70 runs, 98 hits, 20 of those doubles, nine triples, 25 stolen bases with 69 RBIs. Isaac Evans, little fella, in center field. His senior stats, he hit 349 on base percentage of 503, which is remarkable for a leadoff hitter. He scored 44 runs, had 45 hits, three triples. I'm sorry, three doubles, eight triples, one home run, 16 RBIs, and 16 stolen bases. Isaac Evans' career stats while at Waller were he scored 86 runs, 92 hits, 11 of those doubles, 40 triples, and 30 stolen bases. Last guy, Jimmy McDermott. Again, also split time between catcher and outfield, but his senior stats, he hit 405 on base percentage of 463, 39 runs, 53 hits, 11 doubles, 5 triples, 3 home runs, 32 RBIs, and 23 stolen bases. His career stats while he was at Wallert, he scored 72 runs, 72 hits, 16 doubles, 16 triples, 3 home runs, 44 RBIs, and 44 stolen bases. Which brings me to the pitching staff. And I did add Austin Savory to this list as well, just because when you look at his pitching stats, there's no way you can talk about an all-decade team and not have Austin Savory on the list. Austin Savory's 
season stats as a senior, 12-3 and win-loss record, 71 strikeouts, an ERA of 1.01, and opponents hit off him. 197 was their average. His career stats while at Waller, 25 wins to only 11 losses, and he had 169 strikeouts. Alex Timp, his senior season, he went 3-2, and two, 41 Ks, had an ERA of 1.92, and opponents only batted 202 off of Alex Timp. His career stats, 8 wins to just 6 losses, and he struck out 76 guys during his career. We also have a young man by the name of Zach Brodigan. Many of you probably haven't heard of Zach because he was earlier in the decade, but his stats will blow you away. Senior season, he was 11-1. and He struck out 86 guys, had an ERA of 2.24, and opponents batted 217 off of Zach Brodigan. His career record while he was at Wallert was 18 wins and only two losses, and he struck out 106 batters during that time. Last one, who everybody knows, some might say you save the best for last, but is Anthony Rudin. And his senior season at Waller, Anthony went 8-2, and two, eight wins to two losses. He struck out 70 guys. Had an ERA of 1.71, and opponents only hit 164 off of Anthony. His career record at Wallert was 14 and 4, 14 wins to only four losses, and he struck out 123 hitters during that time period. Again, I just want to say thank you for listening, and I am sorry that we did not provide those stats when we released it. Thanks for listening, and tune in to future episodes of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.